This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. It's downright creepy. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. To third, out there, out at second, a triple play. Unbelievable. Deep to left center field. Back is Talkman. Gone! A home run for Cruz. And the Twins touch Sabathia for a couple of early bombas. Deep down the line again. Garver has another. That exited with a little bit more velocity. The fifth solo home run for the Twins. And Garver's second of the night. Gentlemen, it's 82 degrees. Barely a cloud in the sky. Twins are playing the Yankees. Twins are beating the Yankees in the first game. What more could you ask for as a baseball fan in the middle of July? I don't know, Unless Phil, you're Derek Wetmore. To be doing the show, looking over a beautiful baseball field this afternoon, that's something more I could ask for. You think we could make that happen? Check. There we go. Because we're hanging out at CHS Field today. We're, uh, there's, there's a couple great baseball things happening tonight. Twins-Yankees, game two of a three-game series. And here, the AA All-Star Game taking place at CHS Field with probably the most underrated craft beer station in any stadium in the Twin Cities. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vouch for this one, I think. There's really? A, yeah. It's a uh, walk down the left field right down line the left field there. If you were listening pictures. to the Twin Show earlier today, there's nothing underrated about that craft beer station <laughs> because it was plugged thoroughly by the three hosts that talked about the fact that right down the right field line is a delicious and glorious amount yes. of top-notch beer at, you know what, a reasonable yeah. price. And there was a delicious and glorious amount of bombas <laughs> hit off Yankees pitching last night at Target Field. And I want to start you guys with something Judd brought up on yesterday's show, and I get that we're only one game into this three-game series, but Judd, you took to the mic yesterday, and you challenged the Twins to prove it this week in two ways. Prove it that you're willing to add a big arm and pay a price for the first time at the deadline, really, in recent franchise history, and prove it against a team that's had your number for 20 years, the New York Yankees. Let's not sell me short. I started on scorenorth.com, all right? I wrote that. I wrote that on scorenorth.com, which, as we all know now, is totally free for the time being. For the time being. I went on Beyond the Score on video and held my little phone up in front of my fat little face to talk about it. And then I brought it to the airwaves because, yes, I said, you know what? There's nothing wrong with taking two or four from an A's team that we don't know much about in this town, but they're pretty damn good, right? Like, you took two of four, and I realized it wasn't perfect, but the A's are not the Tigers. They're not Kansas City. This is not embarrassing. So my point is, end of a nine-game homestand that started with two very disappointing games against the Mets, but then you took two of four from Oakland, and now it's three against the big, bad Bronx Bombers, right? So prove it. Go out and prove it. And, and these two teams, and I think we saw evidence of this, Phil and Rami on Monday night, are evenly matched. They can both hit the you-know-what out of the baseball. The pitching on both sides, it's not awful. It's probably not great. So until further notice and possibly trades are made for pitching, which I would expect both teams to explore and do, Phil, my point was go out there and, and take a punch and punch back. In fact, punch back several times. And that's exactly what the Twins did last night. They punched back. It was a very good start towards, towards showing that the stage that we saw them on last night indeed is not too yeah. big. How would you guys feel if I made up a hypothetical scenario as we try to figure out, okay, how for real is this Twins team? If I made up a hypothetical scenario and said, all right, the Twins schedule, we're going to eliminate all the bad teams. We're going to eliminate the Royals. Just get rid of the bottom feeders in the American League. I don't care if you beat the Royals. I don't care if you beat the Orioles, the Blue Jays. Let's get rid of all those teams. 
if I made up a hypothetical scenario and said the Twins will play 90-win baseball against the Astros, Yankees, A's, Rays, and Indians, how would that sound to you guys? That'd, if they only played those teams and won 90 games in a season, that'd be sign up for that. Damn impressive, yeah. Sign up for I'll that all that. day, right? Yeah, for sure. Oh, hold on. Let me... Let me uh, oh, that's funny. Let me. Oh, I just happened to have their record this season. <laughs> Those very teams in front of me. All right. Uh, let's see. They're four and three against the Astros. They are now two and two against the Yankees. Five and four against the Indians. Five and two against the Rays. And they're three and four against the A's. Let's see. Carry the four over here. That's a 19 and 15 record against those teams in the American League, which translates to 91 wins over. A season, or 90 and a half. If you want to round, I'm optimistic. I'll round up. They're playing a 91 pace against the best teams in the American League, um, at least this chunk of best teams in the American League right. that, they've, that they've played games against. And against all the all those teams, for the most part, guess what? They've got they've they've been punched. They they get punched. Those are good teams. And and typical Twins teams, for a long time, I think was e- even when they weren't bad, was to have difficulty punching back. Mm-hmm. I loved last night. I loved it. Martin Perez didn't pitch great. He puts the first two guys on. So you're like, oh, boy, here we go. This is going to be a long night. And, and I know that the circumstances proved to be right, but you turn a triple play. Okay, that's really cool. But then you bring up two guys and hit solo home runs. I, the resili- I, I keep going back to this word. The resiliency of this team is impressive because every time we say, Oh boy, the Mets came here and you looked awful. They don't say, "Yeah, you know what? You're right. We're just—it's just not us." They come back and they do something. You know what I would do, Rami? If I was Martin Perez induces that ground ball triple play, the around the horn triple play that Judge referring to. You know how when you get a runner on first or runners on first and second, the pitcher always turns to the middle infielders and points like, "Hey, yeah, we got a double play." Uh huh. Right? If I'm Martin Perez, I'm pointing to the third baseman. <laughs> but runners on first well, and second, I'm turning to the third baseman. Hey, buddy. Coming at you. Judd said after the game that Jonathan Scope told Luis Arise, Arise, excuse me, if you get a ground ball, you come to me. Yeah. He, he's and he said we're going for he basically told him we're going for the triple play if you get a ground ball. Yeah. That's that's gutsy. Because yeah. I, I would think your your safe play instinct there is because it's an easier out just to throw it to first base. You know that, that that guy's lumbering halfway down the line, right? Right. So to even have your first instinct be, I'm I'm going around the horn. When you you could throw that ball to the right field warning track if that thing sails on you, right? Yep. So for a young dude like him to have the perspective and the wherewithal to make that throw in that spot, that's that was fun. Co- that was fun. They're cocky. Yeah. But that's just yeah. fine. Absolutely. That's exactly what you want. And to Judd's point about getting punched and punching back, I really thought the and we talked about it the day after, the Eddie Rosario pinch hit game winning home run last week. And we said, well, this felt like something bigger than than just a home run and just one win and just one game. And I think people were trying to figure out if it was, if that actually carried over to games after that. And a lot of people might look at it and go, well, their record hasn't been that great since that moment. They've lost some games in the way that Twins fans hate seeing this team lose games, which is the bullpen blowing it. But if you look at who they've played since then and the fact that they have a winning record in these last five games against the A's and the Yankees, two playoff caliber teams, you're, even if you're playing at the top of your game, which I think the Twins are, are back to being pretty close to, to, to the top of their game, you're going to get punched in the mouth by the A's and the Yankees of the world. Yeah. These are playoff caliber teams. It's not going to be easy. You're going to lose some games with your bullpen because they have good lineups that hit late in games. That's going to happen. The fact that they keep responding to what these good playoff caliber baseball teams are doing tells you a lot about this this Twins team and and what they can be a little later here in the season. And I almost feel like last night winning in the way that you did or even just winning, period, you're kind of through the woods of this completely uh, opposed, the schedule gap between the Twins and the Indians right now. The Indians on through this stretch where they played the Royals. They've got, they've got the Royals again this weekend after they get done playing Toronto, who they crushed 7-3 to three last night. Kansas City, Detroit, before the All-Star break, it was more Kansas City, Detroit, right? But starting next week, it flips. If you can just hang on through this stretch, and you've only got two more games left against the Yankees, and then you get the White Sox, we're on a pushover, but you're no longer playing the A's and the, and the Yankees anymore. The Indians are looking ahead, trying desperately to catch the Twins, 
And they're looking ahead at two more games against Toronto and four against Kansas City. And then it gets really, really tough for them. Houston, three games. The Angels for three games. The Rangers for three games, and they're fairly scrappy. Four games at Target Field. Three games against the Red Sox. And then four games at Yankee Stadium in the first three weeks of August. So the Indians' cakewalk ends as soon as the Twins are done playing the Yankees because they won't have the luxury of the Twins playing the toughest teams in the American League while they play the Royals every game. How much fun, though, was that game last night? That game, and, and this this goes to prove that, that for all we talk about, and I think rightfully, rightfully so, pace of play, length of games, that was 308 last night. It got done, and it felt like 225. That could have been five out. Was a, you know what? But, I mean, that was that had every bleeping element basically mm-hmm. of and and i'm not even talking just as a baseball fan i'm talking as a sports fan as a sports fan that was a thoroughly enjoyable event to watch buckle up i mean that was you're getting with that oakland series and last night's game against the yankees this is october in july and you're gonna you're gonna run into some very much non-october type games and atmospheres when you start playing these bottom feeders the next couple months but but th- this is yeah, I'm with Judd. I mean, this it's so much fun to see 35-plus thousand people at Target Field, middle of the season, and you're going toe-to-toe with the Yankees, and you're going toe-to-toe with a lineup full of potential Hall of Fame power hitters, and you're outclassing them in that game last night. And, I, and we should get more in-depth in this later on in the show, but I keep hearing a lot of smart people around baseball media and fans talk about, yeah, the Twins have the most home runs in baseball, but, man, like... If you look at that lineup on paper compared to the Astros and compared to the Yankees, it's just it's a cute little thing the Twins are doing with their power, but there's a level up to get to the Astros and the Yankees lineups. That's a huge slap in the face to Max Kepler, to Eddie Rosario. Go up and down this lineup. I get if you're an outsider and you're seeing, wow, Mitch Garver, what the hell? Do you think that's Max Kepler? Do you think that's disrespect because they're they're the Minnesota Twins? They're not the the vaunted New York Yankees or the World Series champion Houston Astros of a couple of years ago? Or do you think it's that they have to earn that type of recognition, that type of respect? I think when when a new name pops up, if if you're not watching the Twins closely, you probably don't know who Max Kepler is. You've seen him around. He's been in their lineup for a few years, but he's he's been fairly inconsequential. You certainly don't have any idea who Mitch Garver is. So. If you're an outsider, you're looking at those two guys and you're thinking, okay, prove it factor in play big time. Actually, on Sports Center this morning, when they showed the highlight of Mitch Garver's home runs, the anchor on the morning Sports Center, I don't remember his name, he was like, if you don't know who Mitch Garver is, you should probably get learning. Yeah, dude, I mean, he's yeah. he has a 700 slugging percentage, and it's not like he's only had 10 at-bats, right? So if you believe that Mitch Garver and Eddie Rosario and Byron Buxton when he comes back and Max Kepler have turned corners in their careers, then this lineup is very much not fake or not not to be uh, re- regressing in the but last two the and a half months of the season. But that's the point. Last night and these next two games are absolutely key. If you, if you want people to know who you are nationally, then guess what you do? You beat the Yankees up. And, and the Yankees are prime pitching-wise to be beat up right now. The Yankees and Twins... Tell me this right now, and and the Yankees might make a trade for a really good starter still. They might get bullpen help, but as we talk here in late July, with these teams about to play twice more in the next two days, what is the difference between these teams? It's not huge at all. The lineups, the Twins can hit with them or more. Mm-hmm. Pitching-wise, New York's not great. The bullpen's better. But it's not yeah. fantastic. But there is nothing. There is nothing about these about the top of the American League right now that doesn't present you with an opportunity that is a fantastic one. When Stanton comes back, I would still sign up for the Yankees lineup. But the gap is not as wide. It's also as, a slow process, though. He's not doing well. Yeah. Well, he's got. If, he, if he's back in October, then it affects a potential Twins series. But I would say the biggest difference is Stanton could come back. Severino is going to come back, and it sounds like in a bullpen role, yeah. but if that guy is even pitching two innings at a time, it's a difference right. maker. And the Yankees have shown very much a willingness to put top prospects on the line. Well, that's, trade and that's the difference to get Madison Bumgarner. down the road. Yeah. Absolutely. So, But right now, if you're asking right now, what's the difference? Yes. The Twins have a better lineup, and I would say the Yankees have, the Yankees for sure have pitchers in their bullpen 
if you go deeper into their bullpen, that they're going to get a strikeout in a big spot. Like I would trust their bullpen a lot more than I would trust the Twins' bullpen. But if the Twins' lineup is better, and if they get Byron Buxton back, but you can't, you, but you can't tell me if you put these two teams in a seven-game series right now, you can't definitively say Twins are dead. No, not at all. And also the fact that they're playing, they're nineteen and fifteen against teams that you're. Like some of these teams you would see in the playoffs, mm-hmm. you can't be expected to perform much better than that. You're, if you get into a seven-game series against a playoff-caliber team, which is how the playoffs work, uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna sweep those teams. You're gonna beat those teams four to two in a series, right? You're gonna beat them four, four games out of seven. Or the Yankees, you, so, yeah. So if you can play these teams square up. It proves that you can go toe to toe in a playoffs. I know. I mean, I'm not saying that there is a direct correlation, and if this happens, then that will happen. But I would, I would put some stock into the fact that if the Twins can walk away from a four game set with the A's and a three game set with the Yankees, with four wins, getting four wins in a seven game span against a playoff caliber team, that tells me something about this Twins team. And I don't care how they got those four wins, and I don't care how they ended up with those three losses. Yeah. Super frustrating to see your bullpen blow games. I understand that, and this bullpen needs to be upgraded. But you look around baseball, and that's what's happening. More times than not, the bullpen loses a game for baseball teams. That's just 2019 baseball. Bullpens are pitching a lot more innings. Therefore, the odds, the chances that the other team is going to score that crucial tying or winning run against your bullpen is that much higher. So I understand the frustration, but... As of last week, I haven't checked yet this week, the Twins had the fewest blown saves of any team in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Just to put some perspective on, on the problems that they do have. You'll also hear from Roy Smalley coming up later on this hour. Mackie and Judd with Rami. We're hanging out at CHS Field. little all-star game action here tonight. It's a fun night of baseball in cities. And I guess to sum up that... On the Twins, and Twins fans can sleep easy knowing that they have a good baseball team. And even easier if you go and do what I did, which is get yourself a my pillow. I love, love, love my my pillow. I fall asleep faster and better than I ever had. Gotta get yourself one. And right now, MyPillow is offering their premium pillow for their lowest price ever, just $34.99 per pillow. All you got to do is go to MyPillow.com, select your size, enter the promo code NORTH, and MyPillow's patented fill adjusts to fit how you sleep. You can even throw it in the washer, throw it in the dryer. comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee, so if for whatever reason you don't like it, you can get a full refund. MyPillow also has a 10-year guarantee, 10 years what do you got to lose? And right now, you can get a premium my pillow for just thirty four ninety nine. That's their best offer ever. Pillows this good? Actually, there are no pillows this good. But pillows that claim to be this good go for about a hundred dollars a piece. I know that. I know somebody who works in the bedding industry, and these don't go for very cheap. It's a great deal on the best pillow that you'll ever buy. I love my my pillow. I know you'll love yours. Just go to mypillow.com, click on the radio special tab at the top right corner, and enter the promo code North to activate your savings. That's a premium my pillow today at their best price, best price ever. Give them a call at 800-620-4439 or use that website, which, again, is MyPillow.com. And the promo code NORTH, Better Sleep, is waiting for you. Get a premium my pillow for their lowest price ever, just $34.99. That's MyPillow.com. And enter the promo code NORTH. Join Phil Mackey, Derek Wetmore, Rami Maklov, Judd Zolgad, and the former Minnesota twin Glenn Perkins for a special recording of the Score North Twin Show, Glenn Perkins on Baseball, Tuesday, August 6th, beginning at 5 p.m. from Modest Brewing Company in Minneapolis. All attendees will receive one complimentary beer courtesy of Modest Brewing Company with prize giveaways throughout the night. The event is free, but you must must register to attend. Register Register right now at scorenorth.com slash Glenn. That's spelled G-L-E-N in this portion of Mackie and Judd. With Rami is brought to you by Doug's Power Woman up in Blaine. Thank you, Jonathan. Welcome back to CHS Field, where Mackie and Judd with Rami are hanging out here on a beautiful, almost cloudless afternoon watching the All-Star Game competitors take some batting practice. The American Association... All-Star Game is tonight at CHS Field, so if you're coming here, it's going to be a good time. If you're going to Target Field for Twins and Yankees, we are baseball nerds on this show, and so we love nights like this where uh, there's just baseball all across town. And before we talk to Roy Smalley a little bit later on here in this segment, you'll get his thoughts on last night's triple play and Twins-Yankees game. Josh Schaub is hanging out with us. He's the commissioner of the association, the American Association of Pro Baseball. Thanks for coming up, and we, let, let's spill this conversation from off mic um, onto the, the air here. You are a young executive, a young baseball fan, looking to 
freshen up the way that fans interact with the game and freshen up uh, the field product, I'm assuming, over the next five-plus years. We'd love your thoughts. Here, actually, let me pod you up and That'd be give good. you a microphone. Yeah. We'd love your thoughts. Yeah. On... Five years if they keep me around, is what I'm saying. <laughs> right. We'll but, like, we'd love your thoughts on the state of baseball and, and what, what you sort of have in mind for the future for yeah. all of us. Yeah, so thanks for having me on. Yeah. Um, and just note, I am a, a baseball fan. I'm relatively young, depending on who you're talking to. And what I'm about to say, I glean from other sports, really. It's not just like baseball. When we look at baseball and say, how do we entertain? I've, I'm an executive in soccer, too, and we look at that and say, how do we entertain? I sit on the board of the Beauty League, and so I'm a little bit involved with hockey. And, and so what I'm going to talk about how a baseball fan views the game is actually how we view entertainment in other sports as well. So we just spent two days in our board meetings with the American Association, and part of the charges I have as the new commissioner is integration of technology. So as a fan, as we look through into the future, a lot of it's going to be how do we interact with tech while we're watching a game. And it may be in our seats, it may be walking around the concourse, whatever it may be. How do we interact like with a third party as we're watching the game? So we can talk, obviously, about sports betting right, and prop bets and what's happening on a state-by-state basis that's going to allow us to really care about the game, not even knowing the actual players themselves. Yeah, so, and that's, lot, that's the challenge for, for minor league and independent minor leagues, Minor league right? sports. Yeah. Minor league sports in general is I'm here for the entertainment. I don't really care about the outcome of the game. All of a sudden, the outcome of the game becomes really intriguing to me. And the outcome of every action out and every play and so on and so forth. So sports betting being one, how you know it can really influence the future. The second one is, and I brought it up off air, is the measurement of biometrics through technology. So the one advantage we have in independent league baseball is we don't deal with a union, right? So our players aren't part of a union, um, and we also have antitrust exemption, I would argue, in a lot, of, a lot of cases. So we could potentially be able to measure players' heartbeat, measure how fast they run. And not only could we measure it and bring it in-house, like Major League Baseball does, sure. and they have that internal data, we could publish it on the video board and tell you how fast that guy was running down the line and tell you what his heart rate is and what the pitcher's heart rate is. It's a high-leverage you know, situation. Guy comes out of the bullpen. <laughs> like, what's his heart rate? And it's scary if his heart rate is super, right. super, super high. Whatever. Or, fun? or the opposite. You're like, I'm not going to gamble on this guy. I'm not going to bet on him. Yeah. <laughs> you do always hear, especially baseball players, talk about those high-pressure situations, trying to keep your heart rate down, having yeah. a slow heart rate. Yeah, or you know what would be even more intriguing? What's the umpire's heart rate? And what's that doing? Because <laughs> I listened to Tim Cheetah today during the American Association. And you know Tim Cheetah, right? Yeah. Long-time Major League Friendly show, yeah. He had Nolan Ryan's uh, seventh no-hitter. And Daryl Strawberry challenged him. I believe as Daryl said, um, you know, what were you thinking going in the seventh, eighth inning? And I think people forget about that. So how intriguing would it be? Is like we look don't be Jim Joyce. Yeah, whatever. I'm not going to comment. Uh, <laughs> so, so, as, as a commissioner, didn't mean to blow that call. Hey, as a commissioner, the umpires are our friends. Like we root for the umpires. Like you know. So those are some things I think about: is the interaction between technology, the game, and us sitting in our seats across sports now. Because you t- talked about baseball, soccer, hockey, what do you? What is your opinion of what sports fundamentally gets wrong now? As far as what what do you look at and say that that could possibly be applied to all, all three of those sports, and and think that the older guard and it doesn't have to yeah. be super old, but the older guard doesn't get right? Do you think? So there's a lot of layers to that question. Uh, on one layer, I think we're still very much about me and I on the field, and a lot of our players just don't understand the sacrifice of, like, I'm going to roll one over to move runner over. And I know the sabermetricians say that's not a good thing, but I think we've lost that in time. Um, on another level, what did the old guard get in terms of executives? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think on a lot of cases, if I look at the economics of it, they're getting a lot right. If you look at the NBA, NHL, MLB is really struggling to get the millennials on board. Um, I think it's the integration of tech they don't get in a lot of cases. And I'm uh, on other levels, I represent some clients as well, just struggling to figure out how technology fits with sports and keeping up with that and, and choosing which technology to integrate with sports and when to integrate it. And we look at the MLB Atlantic League deal, if you're familiar with that deal, yeah. um, choosing which buttons to push at which times to intrigue fans. I think we sometimes get wrong. So, and the... Um, I would say the one thing that maybe they're not getting wrong, but I'm watching closely, is how social media highlights certain aspects of our sport. We get everything else is lost. It's just the highlight reel constantly, and we miss the finer points of the game. What is you? you you've mentioned a few times now the integration of technology into the sport. What's been your favorite element of technology that you guys 
have integrated into the sport it's in the not, American Association. It, well, if I could speak StatCast, sure. is like for me, MLB, watching that transpire, what being on Twitter and seeing who had the exit velocity that night, so on and so forth. The American Association is at very early stages of tech integration. Sure. Um, you know, we have really have to walk before we run. Before we get on-field tech, we have to get some off-field tech right um, from team to team. Sports is really interesting in managing and being an executive in sport and managing a room of 12 businesses that sit in a boardroom that compete with each other, and you have to get them to cooperate. Right. It's a difficult thing because everyone has a different persona. So if you think about a regular company, and we're all shareholders here, and we have to raise the share price, well, we're all pulling on the oars, going in the same direction. It's not so much the case in sports. So um, we have to get off-field tech, then we'll get on-field tech. Yeah. Uh, give us for, for – I know there's a lot of Saints fans in the Twin Cities, and the Saints have just done a great job for, God, 25 years now of – of building a niche and building an audience, but for people out there who are maybe a little bit familiar with the Saints, but not necessarily familiar with the whole league, what's your pitch to them? What's your pitch to why, in a competitive sports market, in a competitive sports country right now, yeah. why your league, why the the American Association of Pro Baseball? So if you look at the American Association as a, compared to affiliated baseball, let's say we're in a different town and this is an affiliated minor league team, you're not going to see a whole lot of difference. We have unbelievable stadiums. Look at where we're sitting. This is a $60 million-plus stadium. It has every amenity you could possibly imagine. We actually blow a lot of affiliated baseball stadiums out of the water. You go down to Chicago and the Chicago Dogs in this league, $75 million stadium in Rosemont. It is outstanding. Really? And, and you can go across our league, and there's variances in the you know amenities available in all ballparks, but there literally is no different amenities for the fans than you'll see at AA ballparks. As far as the talent goes on the field, I think what people get wrong about independent league baseball is that these guys can't play the game. These guys are 25 to 27 years old primarily. That's kind of our sweet spot. They were released by Major League Baseball at some point because some big league teams said they weren't a big leaguer. Well, that doesn't mean they're actually a great baseball player. It's hard to make the big leagues. It's extremely hard to make the big leagues, and a lot of times the big leagues get it wrong. And the guys you're going to see tonight in this All-Star game, I guarantee we see at least two or three of those guys in the big leagues in the upcoming years. Last year, on opening day, Eight players that are on our roster last year are now in the big leagues this year Yeah, in the American Association. So if you talk about why come out to the American Association, it's twofold. Our stadiums are outstanding. The promotions we give, all of that is on par with some of the top minor league teams in the country. And the talent is a heck of a lot better than you think. Josh, thank you so much for coming up here, man. Appreciate it, sir. It was great to meet you. Appreciate and, it. Thanks a lot, Josh. And, uh, thank you. We'll probably you. hit you up just to talk baseball again sometime. I would love it. It'd uh, be fun. Obviously, one of my favorite topics. So. Yeah. <laughs> Are you guys <laughs> going to adopt the robot umpire? I'm a big advocate of the no, robot umpire. No, we can talk about it off air, though. Yeah, There's we should. There's things going on. I'm, uh, I'm the leader of the uh, robot well, umpire. Can, can we have movement. like 30 more seconds? Yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> so, one thing you should be on the lookout for is like strikeouts in Major League Baseball are like skyrocketing. That's super boring. Yes. So, what we're trying to figure out is how do we eliminate strikeouts? Strikeouts or reduce strikeouts in this game, and I'm open to all kinds of ideas. So, all right, and I'm not saying it's like tech related; it could be rules. But think about it. That. Is funny. We talked about this after Wimbledon. It's funny how you know we we spend all this all this energy and angst about oh the technology is not there for the electronic strike zone. But then the, you watch Wimbledon, and a player literally puts a hand in the air, and within five seconds they've, they've got this Hawkeye system, and you can tell on the screen everybody in the world the- knows. So solution to your problem is to get guys to, to put the ball back in play. And, and why aren't they putting the ball in play, though? Because they're trying to hit home runs. Because the same nutritionists tell them to hit home runs or hit the ball in the air. Over everybody. So everybody, Little League kids, are getting coached now to lift, right? So yeah. get uphill on the ball. When you get uphill on the ball, your bat head doesn't stay in the zone. Eight-year-olds. You're hit more balls. Uppercuts. You're also taught there's no two-strike approach because we don't care about strikeouts. So if there's no two-strike approach, there's no incentive to put the ball in place. So these are things going through my mind. You, you know what you do first? Yeah. Unjuice the baseball. Yeah. The major <laughs> baseball. Un, unjuice the baseball. The so, so if I hit the ball up in the air, it comes down in a glove, guess what I might start to do? Try to hit line drives. American Association doesn't touch our baseballs. Yeah. <laughs> Rob Manfred does. That is uh, no comment. <laughs> that is Josh Schaub, the commissioner of the American Association of Pro Baseball. While you guys were out here at CHS Field, Rami and Judd, Talking, uh, talking twins on the twin show. I was talking to Roy Smalley a little bit earlier today because he has to go well, do some Fox Sports North you. duties. I hear so this. Roy and I pretty much spent 10, 15 minutes geeking out about last night's Twins-Yankees game. We'll fire up that conversation right now. The Twins are playing the Yankees. They took the first game, and Roy Smalley from Fox Sports North, and, uh, and you're part of these broadcasts for this series. And I guess my first question to you is, what was your favorite part about such an amazing game last night in front of a raucous, crowded target field? 
Well, I've got a, a I've got a general favorite part and a specific favorite part. The general favorite part is how much confidence the uh, the Twins play with, how much they seem to embrace the big game atmosphere, and how little. They seem to care that it was the Yankees. They just they, they went out and uh, and performed, and I I thought that was I thought that was great. And specifically, my favorite part was the the triple play that started by Luis Arias, and what a just a phenomenal play uh, he made on on that. He, both he and Scope both, but for Arias to do what he did, I thought. I thought set the tone for the whole night. It was really cool. Okay, how many triple plays have you been a part of on on a field, or have you seen in person? You know, I I don't really remember to tell you the truth. I only remember one, and that's because I struck out into it. Oh, <laughs> and so thank and so thanks for asking. How did okay? How, let's let's pour some salt in the wound. How did that happen? It was here in uh, in Minnesota. I'd been traded to the Yankees, and I we came back, and I don't remember which. Uh, Actually, no. It was. It wasn't my first year. It was. I think Billy Martin was the manager, so it would have been '83, my second year with the Yankees. And uh, first and second, nobody out, and um, a three and two count. And Billy uh, gave a steal sign because he and I were pretty confident that I was not going to um, swing and miss a strike. Um, and if it was a ball, I would probably take it. And yet. I swung at ball four and missed it, and wow. then the, and the um, the absolute um, fire drill happened on the bases. They 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 got both runners eventually in a rundown and, oh. and eventually tagged them both out. It was a it was a long progressing uh, developing triple play. <laughs> and there's and there's a million ways to to pull sort of the unorthodox triple plays like the one you described, sort of an unorthodox triple play. But I gotta think when you're a third baseman, your eyes must get so wide when you're when you're shading the line and the, you know there's runners on first and second and the bases are loaded, nobody out, and you get that chance at a pure around the horn triple play where everything has to go perfectly. Uh, that's sort. Of, I, I would assume that's sort of a once in a career or once in a lifetime opportunity for most third basemen. I think for most third basemen, that's that's right. But the, I think I want to make clear about. Arise and what I, why I got such a kick out of it. I mean, the kid's a 23-year-old rookie that was in Double A earlier this year, right? And then he's he's come up and and performed really really well and and looks like just a, a baseball player. But he's playing there at third, and he says to Jonathan Scope before it ever happens, "If it's come to me, if I'm near the bag, I'm going. I'm stepping on the bag and coming to you." And sure enough, it happened, and he had the. Uh, I don't know, moxie, I guess, is the word some people use. I mean, he never hesitated. That was not a big two-hopper. He had to come in and field a short hop on the run, step on the base, and then off balance, throw to second. Now, if he, because he's off balance, he could throw that ball down the right field line. He could throw it into center field. He could throw it in the dirt where... They get one out, and they don't even. Not only do they not get the triple play, they don't even get the guy at second. He, any number of things could have happened because it was such an awkward off balance throw, and he made a perfect chest high throw to Jonathan Scope, and, and Scope's got that big arm, and since he got a, big, a good throw, he was able to uh, gun out Encarnacion running down the line at first. But so it, you know, it was just a wonderful triple play, but. I mean, you saw that play develop. He could have booted the ball. He could have thrown the ball away. I mean, all kinds of things could have happened, and the young kid just just sparkled, and I yeah. thought it was cool. Yeah, there's. I mean, the, the obvious, the easy play in that spot and the low-risk play is to just throw to first base. So to even have that go through your head as a 23-year-old like you're describing is... Uh, is pretty amazing. Roy Smalley with us, Fox Sports North World Series champion, Mackie and Jub with Rami. And again last night, Mitch Garver goes deep twice and, and has three hits. Max Kepler continues his tear through the 2019 season. With those two players specifically, we've seen... Now, Max Kepler's been on the radar as a top Twins prospect for a while, and so we've kind of expected a breakout at some point, but... To see the jump that he's made, and then to see Mitch Garver come out of nowhere and be one of the best power hitters in baseball, what specifically with those two guys have you seen the most of this season? Garver has worked really hard they, they, on, hit, on uh, making his swing very short and compact, and and he will tell you that he's he's uh, proud of it. He's 
He believes in it, and he's done it. And it, it, there's just it, he's had a, he has a lot of ability to hit. He was always on the Twins' radar as a guy that they thought uh, would hit. Uh, he's also made himself a, a much better defensive catcher, so that he gets the opportunity to, you know, to show how he can, how well he can hit, and and he's made himself a better hitter because of the shortening of his of his stroke. I think he's one of the more uh, competent guys in the in the uh, in the in the whole lineup, and the whole you know, and with and the manager's trying to make out the lineup. I think I would think it'd be really hard not to just keep putting him him in there and. But that uh, that catcher tandem with uh, with Mitch and Jason Castro is um, it, it, what the production they've gotten. I think leads the league in, in uh, you know from what catchers are doing around the league. So that's pretty that's pretty pretty good stuff. As far as Kepler is concerned, uh, I described on the broadcast last night. I think something that is the epitome of what's uh, the difference in Max uh, Kepler. He's he, he's hitting against uh, CC Sabathia, a left-hander, and he takes a fastball for a ball one, and then he took a, a pretty good breaking ball that just missed low and away for ball two. Now that's a that's a pitch that Max will swing and miss, has swung and missed in other years, and he gets he'll get himself in in a bad count. Uh, swinging at, ball, at balls that are out of the strike zone or balls that he can't hit or shouldn't be looking for or whatever it is. And it, it seems like he's so focused on what he's trying to do, uh, and he's seeing the ball so well. He laid off that pitch, and then two pitches later got, a cur- got the same curveball, but this time it hung in the middle of the plate and he hit it in the seats. That's the difference. He has the ability to hit that, that hanging curveball in the seats, but so often in the past, he never got to the cookie pitch to hit. He was making outs early and getting himself in bad counts early and never got the really good pitch to hit. And it just seems like uh, at bat after at bat now, he's, his, his plan is working to the point that he's getting a, a pretty good pitch to hit almost every time up, and he not, he's not missing too many of them. Isn't it fun, too, to, to not only to be sweating – game by game here in July as we just look at the landscape and the standings but to to literally be sweating inning by inning sometimes you know i know we're you know you're not you shouldn't put too much stock into small sample sizes in baseball but just from a from a fan perspective even the fact that we can sit here and kind of be on pins and needles from inning to inning in July is super fun roy it's really fun, and I, I defy anybody to say they'd like to have it any other way, right? I mean, uh, they weren't gonna, they weren't gonna win the division by uh, eleven games, and it was gonna be close. Cleveland's a good team, and they're playing really meaningful games uh, in July. They're playing really well against really good teams. They're performing, uh, even though they, they've been uh, banged up. They got a lot of guys hurt. Their starting outfield of Rosario, Buxton, and Kepler haven't been together since June 14th. If Man. you can believe that, I mean, how have they done what they've done with you know? And so, yes, it's it's a blast. I think as as I think that's the only way fans can possibly look at it. By the way, so with with Byron Buxton, not that this is any shock to us. We know how good he is in center field and how explosive he's been offensively this year. But if there's any doubt about who the most important player is, who affects five different aspects of a game. Just look at the Twins record with him without Byron Buxton this season. They're they're like a handful of games below 500 without him and I want to say they're 27 games above 500 with him and he can't come back soon enough. Well, I think you know, you look he's 6 and I think the Twins are 6 and 13 something like that without without him. The seven games under under 500 and they're and obviously way over 500 with him. But I mean, those seven games are Meaningfully, uh, I mean that's that's meaningful in how the uh, how the um, Twins went from an 11 game lead to a three game lead. Yeah. I mean those you know those games are they they mean something. They say something. Yeah. So Lewis Thorpe comes in last night and gives you two and two thirds of maybe the most important bullpen innings they've gotten, just considering where the standings are right now and the shorthandedness of the bullpen. So even I, I assume they're going to make a couple trades here, and in fact, I have no doubt they're going to bring in at least one reliever, maybe even a couple. Just kind of depends on how the next week shakes out. But no matter what, they're going to have to have someone internally, along with Taylor Rogers, step up and become reliable and somebody that you trust. As you look at everyone internally here, the Lewis Thorpes, 
the Tyler Duffy's, everyone not named Taylor Rogers. Who do you think is most likely, or who do you like the most to to step up here in the second half of the season? Well, I want to like Lewis Thorpe a lot because I think it it, it, it hamstrings Rocco, Albel, uh, Rocco Baldelli a little bit to uh, only have one left hand in the bullpen, and he's your basically your closer. And, and that, that made a big difference last night to be able to go to a left-hander uh, whom the Yankees don't hit. You know, the Yankees don't hit left-handers uh, nearly as well as right-handers, and to be able to go to uh, a left-hander and, and then, have, of course, have him perform was it was really it was big so i'm hoping that it's that it's that that was for real and uh that lewis thorpe can be a you know an accomplished a guy out of the bullpen the you know the rest of the year i'm still really pulling for and of course tyler duffy i you know i i'm hoping he can do it because he's got he's got stuff if he can if he can command it he's got stuff that can that can get you six outs uh pretty quickly and I'm still pulling for Trevor May. You look at that arm and, and you know, throwing it at 97, 98 miles an hour and his ability to throw breaking balls uh, occasionally that are, that are unhittable. And you just really have, when you look at that stuff, you have to really hope that he can find the command to throw those pitches in, you know, consistently for, uh, for strikes. Uh, because just because because of the stuff because of that arm yeah and uh, and last thing for you here I just I think this next week and a half is with the Twins playing a couple more against the Yankees I think important on a number of fronts I think in the short term here just against New York you can sort of send a message across the bow for later in the year that hey you if you if you get into a seven game series against this lineup and inside this stadium it's not going to be the same old Twins Yankees series so I think there's a little bit of a micro game that you can play here. But also, if you can just hang on and maintain a lead through the trade deadline, you look at Cle- you know, Cleveland stops playing the Blue Jays and the Royals and the Tigers, and they start playing the Yankees and the Angels and the Red Sox and the Twins again. So I think if you can get to that point in Cleveland's schedule where you held them off and now they have to play tough series again, that's going to be a huge boost going into to the first few weeks of, of August, Roy. That's what I think. Yeah, you're right. And, and, and at the same time, I mean, the, the, it, the schedule will literally flip, and the Twins have a lot of games against Chicago and Kansas City and Detroit at the time that uh, Cleveland's playing the tougher ones again. So that's absolutely right. That that's the way the ebb and flow of a season uh, and, and schedules go. And uh, so, for all the reasons, you want to play well against the against the good teams. You want to hold serve here into the trade deadline, get the schedule flipped, and then uh, get hot again. Yeah, well, have fun again on the broadcast tonight. I can't imagine, man, as a as a baseball. We're all baseball junkies on this show, but this is this is about as good as it gets in July. Twins and Yankees at Target Field. Yeah, it's fun calling it. It really is. It's uh, there, there's a lot of good stuff to talk about. We'll see you next week, Roy. All right, thanks, Phil. All right, sorry I had to hijack that from you guys. How dare really you? Really smallly today. How dare you, Incredibly sir. selfish. While wow. I was eating lunch and enjoying myself, you had to hijack Eating that. lunch right behind me, and neither of us had any idea. So you guys were at the same restaurant. Same exact restaurant. I was at the bar, and he was behind me, and you know what? I was fine with it. Like, Yeah, I was totally fine with it. Our chairs were back-to-back, and my girlfriend actually asked me. She was like, did you invite Judd? Did he want to come get lunch with us? I was like, uh, Judd, Judd turns around, he's like, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 thank you. No, because he and Derek were talking about going to another. Derek said, I'm going to blah, blah, blah. Come yeah. meet me over there if you want to. And Judd said, oh, I'm working on something. I'll probably catch up with you. Yeah. So he left just a few minutes before me. I went to the restaurant, and then we were done eating. And the bill comes, and Judd comes walking past the table. And he was apparently, we had our chairs. like was cordial. Our chairs were back-to-back. I talked to you. In the same the restaurant. Gal. Yeah. It's not no, like I didn't talk to you Normally, Judd would try to avoid you in that public setting. <laughs> There, there was no bailout opportunity. I turned around and they were right there. There was no way for me to be like. He would have found a different exit had he uh, yeah. had had we not noticed Gone each other. Gone out the side door. All right, let's. Uh, we got some breaking Vikings news when we come back here. It's not. I mean, it's it's not like Kirk, Kirk Cousins didn't get hit by a bus or anything, but it's fascinating. It's this growing TV brand, TCL and TCLUSA.com, where you can find out. Not only about TCL's award-winning lineup of brand-new TVs with built-in Roku devices and uh, amazing 4K picture quality, but the TCL Alto soundbar is also on the market. So you can get the best TV on the market and now possibly the best soundbar on the market. And 
make your entertainment experience the best it can possibly be. The soundbar, by the way, connects to all kinds of different pieces of technology. You can connect it to your phone, very much uh, Bluetooth capable. Again, TCLUSA.com to find out more. TCL has 4,000-plus streaming channels and 450,000-plus movies and TV show episodes. So if you are a movie junkie, an entertainment junkie, or even a sports junkie, you or a cord cutter, too. Cord cutters, TCL TVs are definitely the best TVs to pair up with your, uh, your cord cutting behavior. Any major local retailer in the Twin Cities, if you want to stare at one for yourself, and uh, report back to us. Send us a picture of your TCL TV. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. Time for the Score North download here. Something you can download from us here at Score North is called Minnesota Sports Rewind. It's where we go back in time and dive deep into some of the most prominent moments in Minnesota sports history, including Twins-Tigers game 163, Twins and A's from the 2002 ALDS, Kevin Love's 30-30 and game, and Kevin Garnett's dominating game 7 against Sacramento. Again, that's called Minnesota Sports Rewind on scorenorth.com, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find podcasts. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Thank you, Jonathan. It is Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500 scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app live from CHS Field today, the home of your St. Paul Saints and the American Association All-Star Game tonight for tickets to tonight's game or any remaining Saints games. You can visit saintsbaseball.com. That's saintsbaseball.com. Um... Holton Hill was already suspended four games, right? Did somebody hit retweet on a four-month-old tweet by no, accident that, and we that, all fell for it? Is that what just happened? That was my first thought. Yeah. When I saw the story, I was like, didn't we already know this a few months ago? Didn't Holton Hill already get pegged for four games? So um, this, is, this, is, this is new, though. Yeah, he did. This is Ben Gessling uh, from the Strib. He said uh, the NFL announced Vikings cornerback Holton Hill has been suspended for four games for violating the league's substance abuse policy. This is on top of the four-game suspension Hill already received for violating the PED. D policy, so he'll be out for eight games. And now we know what, why he was um, probably suspended at Texas, declared for the draft, and then was not drafted in 2018 because the Vikings were thrilled to get him, and he actually played pretty well in playing in all 16 games last year. Might have some problems with judgment, man. You think, dude? That's how many? I got a round of applause. How many guys in football's <laughs> recent testing history? Have been simultaneously suspended for both of those policies. In the same, <laughs> Is he the first? Right. I'm impressed. That's amazing. In the same offseason at different times, I think this is a first. They should really honor him at some point. Maybe during the, the halftime break of a preseason game. Let's give a standing ovation to Holden Hill. Wow, I would honor him with walking papers, and not 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 like not not on a on a morality basis, but just on, dude, how dumb are you? Yeah. Like, and does that transfer over to the field? How bad is your judgment? And does this mean you can't read quarterbacks? I think this takes the this definitely takes the cake over. Does Does Percy Harvin Judd hold the Vikings record in recent history of dumbest drug related thing you can do? When he tested positive, wasn't that the combine? At the combine, and they still that dude tested him, positive at the worked. combine, but I. I'm trying to think of the last player I recall who in the same offseason got suspended at different junctures for different violations of the drug policy, won, won the PED, and then won. So, like, did, did he turn around and say, you know, I'm really down about this PED suspension? Who's got some drugs? <laughs> Who's got some Guys, I am stressed out. I need to relax. <laughs> Pass that joint. We are a long way from 10 years ago. The big suspension saga in this town was the Williams wall. Kevin and Pat Williams weren't suspended for testing positive for a drug. It was they tested positive for a diuretic yep. that's used to mask a to drug. Mask a yeah. drug. And, and, and the best part about that whole story was they appealed it so many times. Pat Williams retired without having served the suspension. Yeah. Pat Williams got two years of appeals and uh, kicking it to different levels of court. And by the time Kevin Williams actually did serve something, right? He, he served, served two, like two games. He served yeah, two I remember games. this whole saga with the Williams. He Starcaps. 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 He served two games and played two games for free. Two games for free. He played two games pro bono. Didn't get paid. So he, they so they said he, you can. We'll, we're going to yes. reduce it to two games, and you play two games unpaid. Yeah, it's four games unpaid. Two you can't play in. Two you can. And so he played <laughs> in two weird. games unpaid. But Pat was the best. I'm staying home. 
Well, but it's all tell relative. Me right now. If you told me you you can play two games, but you're not getting paid. But like, you know what? I'll just take the four game suspension. I'm saying that there's no way I'm smashing my head into a wall oh, for yeah. three hours yeah. for no pay whatsoever. Hol- Holton Hill. I mean, this is stupid, right? But it's still it's still if you think about this seriously, boggles the mind that Tyreek Hill will play opening day with no ramifications whatsoever for threatening a person. And still, no matter how it happened, his kid's arm was broken, and we are and we are going to crack down because you might have used PEDs so, and then and then you might have smoked some weed. So Holton Hill may have taken an extra strong vitamin and smoked some weed, and he's missing half the season. <laughs> yes, but think about it, just. But if you tell your seriousness. girlfriend that she needs to be scared of you, bi, yes. blah blah blah. Yeah, no, we're good with that. We're the end. We can't find we're enough. We can't find enough to penalize you. <laughs> Amazing. All right, if you want full training camp coverage, Matthew Collar and Courtney Cronin were all in on day one of rookies reporting, rookie camp today. Purple Daily, find it on demand, scorenorth.com, scorenorth mobile app, Apple, Spotify, anywhere you find your favorite podcast. We've got some, we have a Byron Buxton injury update when we come back here. It's an interesting one, interesting new twist. I don't mean to chuckle, but it's never stops. And some reckless. Twins trade speculation as well as we hang out here at CHS Field. Our friends, the St. Paul Saints, are hosting the American Association All-Star Game tonight. A new 2019 RAV4 XLE. One of my favorite things to do with the the, the technological upgrades in vehicles these days are ridiculous. And uh, Toyotas are leading the way in a lot of those areas. Reverse cam... I like to show off now. You know, I, I don't even look in the rearview mirror anymore. I don't even use any of the mirrors. I just use my reverse cam in my Toyota. And then I uh, hope for a standing ovation when I walk out of my car from the passerbys on the, on the sidewalk. My girlfriend was driving my car today. She was trying to parallel park. And I have the reverse cam in my car, but she, she wasn't using it. She wasn't, and kept on going up on the curb. And I was just laughing hysterically at the passengers. Why would you not use the reverse Excuse cam? Her? I don't know. That was my point exactly. Seriously. I mean, you could, what you could do is go in. They're open until 9 o'clock tonight. Go into Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard, and just say, I, I don't care which. I don't care if it's a Tacoma, a Camry, a Corolla. I just want to practice parallel parking with a reverse cam. Would you let me? I bet you, you know what? I bet you they'd, they would consider it. They're very friendly and very knowledgeable. They will help you just like they've helped my family for 30-plus years. Again, 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. A Buxton injury update, an interesting one when we come back.